Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble with me, your host, Josh Ascroft. In today's episode of the show, we're going to be breaking down all of the games that happened yesterday. That's Tuesday, the 18th of August, and what a day of playoff basketball we had. And joining me, as he has done once before, I'm delighted to have Hunter Davidson back with me. Hunter, mm, welcome back. Good to be back, Josh. Fan favorite. Fan oh, favorite Hunter Davidson. So sweet. Yeah. You I, uh... you for for a long time had the had the highest uh downloaded episode of the podcast. I think you've actually slipped a little. No. You're actually since since the uh my audience base is, you know, just, just exponentially ballooning. growing at this point. So <laughs> Uh, well, that's why I had to come back on. I had to re- right. retake you my place. Got to reclaim the throne. Yeah. Right, exactly. The king is back. The king is washed, back. Hashtag washed king, yeah, Hunter Davidson. Real. Washed king, he's back. <sighs> okay, so Hunter, how have you been enjoying the NBA playoffs in the bubble so far? Oh my goodness, man. It's just basketball on every day from 1 to 11. There's... I don't know if there's anything better in the world than that. It's, it's honestly... It's like... it's almost i would never say it was too much basketball because there's no such thing but right. it's like it's it's, it's getting close it's <laughs> yeah. like i get to like the third game of the day and i'm like i start forgetting what games i've yeah. even watched in the day it's like i i don't even remember what's happened yeah. every game sort of merges into one <laughs> game three is definitely a drag game three feels a little oh. a little tight yeah Oh, yeah. It's like, it's nice, though. I saw someone tweeted about, like, the NBA gives you, like, one nap game yeah. per day, where yeah. it's like, it's not, you don't need to pay quite yeah. as much Can attention turn off to Houston it. Houston OKC yesterday and, and not have Yeah, yeah. Much. No, that was, that was <laughs> definitely the, I, I mean, I thought that it was going to be, I thought right. we were going to have that nice Magic Bucks game, just get to watch Giannis go out there. I said on my podcast, I was like, Giannis is going to, He's going to play 28 minutes. He's going to drop 30 and 15 and then that's going to be that's going to be the end of the game and the ja- uh, the Magic aren't going to have any hope of doing anything. And I was right to some capacity. He paid he played 30 minutes yeah. and he dropped 31 and 17, yeah. but in a loss. Nikola Vucevic had something else to say. Yeah, that yeah, let's not let's not rule out the Magic. Let's, I mean, I'm I'm I felt like Evan Fournier and Vucevic have been like the core of that team for so long that it, it still blows my mind a little bit that the Magic are just like running with those guys as like the foundation. Yeah, yeah. It, it's something about this Magic team because people have uh, spoken about the fact that they were able to steal a game from the Raptors last right. year when they played them in the first round. Now they're able to steal a game from the Bucks and. Uh, just makes you wonder it's like could this be the magic's year you know are they making it to the finals <laughs> bubble bubble team they make it to the finals i kid but it is it is strange that this magic team were able to sort of give the bucks a knock because from, from what i saw of the game it wasn't like I, it wasn't like the bucks didn't try because like right. when you're in the playoffs you you don't want to waste time yeah. like having a series go on longer than you need it to be Giannis just looked immensely frustrated and i think that we we saw some of the limitations that he has been uh sort of charged with by certain people of like when we sort of slow the game down yeah. into half court basketball it definitely limits him yeah the bucks offense in the half court certainly did not impress me yesterday no <laughs> it was it was rough not a good game for chris middleton no um or brooke lopez really oh oh no brooke lopez had a rough time of it out there george hill had mm. like a pretty decent game and like 
you know, you can throw Kyle Culver out there to shoot a little bit, but it's a team that I don't I don't know. It, it's strange that this kind of happened to the Bucks last year too. It's like they look like the most dominant team in the world during the regular season, and then Mike Budenholzer doesn't really yeah. like to change up their schemes at all, and like it, they'll be in a game and it looks like things are just like going wrong, and he won't really do anything about yeah, it almost harbaugh-esque in nature yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely i can't disagree with that for a second it's yeah it, it just surprised i think now i think the bucks will win the next four in a row i yeah. think they'll punch the magic in the mouth in right. the next game and they'll win by 40 or something but yeah it's hard to view the magic as a team that has a ceiling higher than winning one game and then getting the one seed to like get their shit together and realize that they're the one seed but the thing is, I'm glad that they got a win because yeah. it's kind of nice that, you know, they're all in Orlando right yeah. now. So it's nice that they get a win. Good for like, you guys. <laughs> you know, technically they had the home court advantage. Yeah, good so. for you guys. Hey, good, yeah, good that's, for what them. They always, that's what they kept saying in the broadcast was, like, exactly, hey, they don't got to yeah. go to home Milwaukee. Court. They get to stay in no, Orlando. No, exactly. They just get to stay in Orlando. That's so maybe, that, maybe that's what made the difference. I think that I – don't, I don't think that that – it's interesting because yesterday we had both the one seeds lose to the eight seed in game right. one, which is the first time that that's happened uh, since the 03-04 season oh, is right. the last time that happened. San Antonio and Detroit. Yes. So uh, that's the last time that happened. I think that uh, it, it's interesting because on the on the Bucks side of things, people don't seem anywhere near as concerned as they do on the Lakers side of things. I think part of that yeah. comes from the fact that it's the opponent that they're facing. Definitely, yeah. um, but how, how are you feeling about the Lakers right now? Oh, man. Well, you know going into this how I felt about LeBron James and the Lakers. You know my thoughts I'm on that. I'm well aware, yes. But uh, I was watching that game yesterday, and the Lakers, if they don't, if they don't figure out specifically the offensive side of the ball they are in some serious trouble with this portland team yeah oh yeah i think that it was it was interesting to me because the way that i thought that portland were gonna win any of these games was if they can get just move so quickly like the way that they like to nice yeah. fast-paced offense tons of shots mm -hmm. and what surprised me was like really a lot of the game was played at like the lakers pace yeah. like they like to slow it down they're a def very defensive minded team and like you see that reflected in the final score the blazers won 100 to 93 right but like this wasn't even a particularly great shooting game mm -hmm. for the trailblazers and i i think the it was obvious that, it, to me, in this game they looked pretty tired from yeah. like the the run that they've had to go on to get I here agree. but like if you if you look at the the stats, I'm taking a look at some of them here. The Lakers shot 15% from three, which is horrible. You're gonna you're gonna struggle to win any game in the NBA in 2020 yeah. shooting 15% from three. And, it's uh, not gonna happen. Zero J.R. Smith minutes. Come zero J.R. Smith minutes, which Come you on. can. I think you can definitely say now there's at least a direct correlation between Lakers' yeah, loss right. and. JR no JR minutes. Yeah, I agree, and and only giving Dion one minute in the, the end of the first half. I mean, it's like if you have such glaring offensive problems on the floor, I don't know why you wouldn't at least try different looks with your more offensive-minded players to try and open some things up. It didn't make sense to me. It, it's baffling me that they aren't starting Kuzma yet because I, I, I get 
I get that the idea is like I I suppose you have him come off the bench and he he Run adds that unit, that yeah. spot runs the second unit, but it's just this offense clearly doesn't work with AD at the four and JaVale at the five yeah. all that well and I it's weird because like Anthony Davis doesn't like playing at the five but yeah. it's like. Dude, your team's gonna win a yeah. lot more if you actually just move to the yeah, five. You don't just shoot threes all game. And yeah. the other thing I will say is, and they talked about this in the game too, is I, I think Portland matches up with LA better than maybe any other team in the NBA with all the size hmm. they have down low and the mismatches they have at the guard spot. And clearly, Melo has shown that he can play passable defense on LeBron. Yeah, that's such. A, it's been surprising to see the the effort that Melo is mm-hmm. putting in on the defensive end, and like he looks like. He like enjoyed guarding yeah. LeBron yesterday, and like he, you could tell he was like having fun, kind of messing yeah. with him a little bit. Like that's a good sign for Portland. Oh yeah, you could tell words were being said yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think we have to acknowledge uh, the literal triple single that uh, KCP <laughs> put up one point, oh one point, one rebound, one assist in twenty nine minutes, which bring Ugh. brings me to my uh, next question for you, Hunter. If I put you out on an NBA floor for twenty nine <laughs> minutes, do you think you could put together a better stat line than one point, one rebound, and one assist? Um, I think. Okay, this is interesting because, and I'm going to just get sidetracked for one second. There is a tweet that's been going around my timeline of the guy saying, I could luck my way into a home yes, in the MLB. Yes. I could probably score two points. So, so that's kind of why that's kind of why that's yeah. on my mind. Cause I, so, I saw that tweet and like, that's, <laughs> it's, it's hysterical. He was like, it's just the kind of like, well, I'm built different right. kind of mentality. Yeah. And he, he's saying in that, in like, because people are replying to him like, this is like you're so, so you're so dumb. There's there's no way that you could think that. And he'll reply to that like, come, come on. on, like let, let's say it's an NFL game. The quarterback's throwing to me a hundred times in the game. He was like, I'm gonna get a catch. Yeah, it's like, like shut up. You're gonna get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, you're like, gonna break your back. Yeah. So I think I think out though the thing is out of all sports, I think the NBA you ca- kind of do have the best. Right odds of at least being able like you could in theory you could grab a rebound just because right. the ball is gonna at long, some point 50 50 ball it's gonna knock <laughs> off the rim into your hand just by chance at some point right uh, so, let's say let's say for the sake of this because we're talking about the lakers and we're talking about contavious Caldwell pope i'm putting you on the lakers right. so you're okay, assist perfect. you've you've got anthony davis yeah. and lebron to pass to yeah so that's the thing is if, if they trot me out there on the la squad in, with my current skill set, I'm I'm thinking the the defense is probably going to sag off me a fair amount. Yeah, I'm thinking probably. probably. <laughs> you know, you would hope. So. We don't we don't know for sure. But well, once like, I get going, you never. You know. gotta you just you just gotta keep him honest. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Know? you just gotta keep him honest at the three point. Line. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's arrogance or ignorance. I I have to imagine. I don't know if I'd get more than one rebound. I think I would have trouble getting a rebound even on a long mm-hmm. one. I think I would have trouble. I have to imagine I could put the ball in the net from the field one time and yeah. probably just because like you had, I think you could stand underneath yeah. the basket. LeBron could throw you a yeah. full length pass wide open you- somewhere wide open layup. It could yeah. happen. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'll give that to myself and I have to believe I could pass the ball to Anthony Davis or LeBron or Dwight. Yeah. Howard they, they're going to take a couple of steps and they're going to yeah. get to the hole. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your question, yes, I think I could <laughs> put up a better stat line than case. Okay. So 
as a result of that, I think that you would say that on on a Lakers team who are you know going and to like on this p- potential right. championship run, who are definitely favorites uh, mm-hmm. by a, a lot of media members, a lot of the of the public to win this championship. If you're gonna run a guy out there for 29 minutes, my point really is that he needs to put up more than a point, a rebound, and an assist, especially when you're going up against what everyone agrees is not a regular eight seed because right. this tra- the things that Damian Lillard is doing right now is scary. Cr- it's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it it's so much fun. Like the like yesterday when he pulled up from the logo, like Damian Lillard is one of those players who like I can be sat at home quietly watching a game and he'll make me stand up oh from my, my seat God. and like yeah. shout something just yeah. out of like what like I totally what agree. just happened? It's, like, yeah. it's been really fun, and CJ McCollum too hit some shots that had no business going in yesterday. Oh yeah, seven footers all in his face does not matter. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's no doubt that, that that Trailblazer team, um, you know, with Russell Westbrook hurt, has the best backcourt in the NBA. I think. Oh with, yeah, I would say so. With a healthy Houston and a healthy Golden State, it's a little tougher to make that distinction. But right now, they're without a doubt the best backcourt in the NBA. And I think, um, oh, where was I going with this? Uh, uh, I, I think KCP. I, I'm on record as being sort of a KCP hater on this podcast as well, I think. Oh, yeah, you are. I, I don't think he's the guy that you at least want to have out there all game or starting the game. I don't know. You need more from Danny Green, too. but See, it, the, uh, yeah, that's another thing. Danny Green has been pretty like, non-existent. Yeah, completely. It, it's just... This Lakers team, I, I've said this for a while now that like I have been so worried about the depth of this Lakers yeah. team because with Avery Bradley gone without like even Rondo to pick right. up some minutes, it's like you you start with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I don't think that there's a better duo in the no, NBA than that. But then the thing is, you look at any other of the of the big duos that we have in these playoffs, it's like they've got at least decent lineups around them like the clip the clippers are stacked with talent yeah stacked it's like while i think that on a base level lebron and ad are at a slightly higher level than a Kawhi, paul george just because i think the lebron and ad have the potential to do a little bit more But then if it's not even close (laughs) the rest of the the rest of the roster the next like Three, four guys on the Clippers team are better than like the third yeah. best guy on the Lakers for mo- for most games. Unless I think it's hysterical when Kuzma kind of gets going and yeah. he's like starts he, talking like, shit. Start starts talking so much <laughs> and like he he loves to. You see him kind of like like tense up a little. He like likes to yeah. flex a little bit. He's like let's go yeah. and it's like oh okay Kuzma like I. I, I get it. You you hit a couple shots, but also I mean you only had fourteen yeah, points. Slow your roll there. So like we need more. You're gonna need more than that, and that's only the second ever game one in the yeah. playoffs that LeBron has ever lost, in, like in the first round. So I mean that's it, it's a little crazy, and and again this is a much different circumstance, obviously, than any other playoffs ever. Oh, a hundred percent. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I think going into this season and even during the, the regular season until it was canceled, I was like, LeBron ar- uh, architectured, architected, 
a, a, a team that seemed to me to be really deep and have all the pieces that he would want to accomplish what he wanted. But um, if this bubble has shown anything, it's that outside of LeBron and AD, this there's like not really anything on the Laker team. Yeah, it's I I think the the next game is so Huge. much a must win for the yeah. Lakers. I think that if you let Damian Lillard and the the just the passion that this Trailblazers team is playing with, and I think what comes across really well is like these Blazers. This Blazers team like loves playing together. Yeah, they like, seem like they have the you, best chemistry. You can game, see yeah. the, the the chemistry between Dame and TJ. They mm-hmm. have so much respect for Nurkic, which mm-hmm. is huge on a team like ha- yeah. giving like not only like rewarding your big men for like running the floor for yeah. doing the dirty awesome. work, but like it's so clear like how much respect they give to Nurk. Mello loves the team. Mm-hmm. He's he said that Dame was the best player he's ever played with. Interesting. So I, I think that if you let Damian Lillard smell blood, he's gonna could be trouble, man. I definitely would not want to go down too low to that team. No way. I I just can't wait. If the Lakers do get bounced in the first round, it's gonna be interesting because I think that that's when LeBron will then start slandering the bubble. I think that oh, he will. He'll, he'll be well. You know, this was this was never a real championship anyway. Oh, so that it, would it, be I, interesting. I, I, but I, the thing is, it, it's weird because LeBron is still talking about the fact that he's like finding it weird not playing with fans mm-hmm. and like he and seemingly like pretty much every other person in the bubble has kind of been a or like every other star in the bubble has kind of been able to deal with it. Right. I can kind of see it from LeBron's perspective. Like, he has been... LeBron hasn't played meaningful basketball without a, a thousands of people watching him since he was, like, 15. Yeah, in, like, middle like, school. So I I get that he definitely is used, and I'm sure he does, especially at this age, I'm sure he does sort of feed off of the crowd yeah. and the energy that that brings. I was going to say, I don't know if there's a player outside of maybe Steph Curry that feeds off of fans' energy more than LeBron. That's funny that you bring up Steph because I actually wanted to talk about him briefly. So this is what happens in the NBA. The NBA, we are constantly comparing these right. athletes to each other. And I think that with all the hype that Dame is getting right mm-hmm. now, especially because of his his range, yeah. You're hearing a lot of first take yeah. are really they're having a great time yeah. of it right now because now they get to spin their narrative of yeah. well is Damian Lillard a better basketball right. player than Steph Curry? No, than he's not. Two-time MVP, yeah. <laughs> three-time champion Steph Curry. The answer is no, yeah. he's not. He's, Steph completely the changed the game of basketball, yeah. without a doubt. But it it kind of like it, it interests me because I think that like. I don't know. Like, do you think this is going to give Steph kind of an edge for the next season? I think he's super eager to get back out on the yeah. floor. But I'm also just like intrigued because, like, a year off, I don't think Steph Curry is ever going to forget how to shoot. But no, like, no. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's really it's, exciting. It's a long time. And yeah. and Steph is getting older. And and the one thing I will give Damian Lillard is I think he's a I think he's more athletic than Stephen Curry, and I think he's honestly probably just now peering into the really really productive years of his career i agree even though he's what is he eight years into the league maybe more yeah Mm. um so i think that's a pretty insane but um i mean stephen curry is uh, 
we we're so you know I, i've seen this a lot too is that we're so quick to forget when a guy oh is hurt for a year and his team yeah. goes 14 and whatever but yeah uh he is just ridiculous. There's there's nobody like stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I just wanted to yeah. get, get yeah, that I out like on it. the air is mm-hmm. that uh, Damian Lillard, like, he, I think he's been, other than maybe, like, Luca, he's probably been my favorite guy to watch in the bubble just because he's yeah. put on such a show every so single game. So, so uh, special. Yeah, so this is, this is going to, if the thing is, I, I think even if they don't, go to a championship but let's say by some miracle that damian lillard dra- like not even drags because they're a good team but led this portland team from not even in the playoffs mm-hmm. to an nba championship mm-hmm. that would have to go down as one of the most legendary runs in absolutely not e- not even just the nba probably in sports. all sports like, I, would, I would agree with that um and i think he definitely with the look in his eyes lately is like that's what's on his mind Oh, yeah. I think that's scary, but then I—I I mean, I think about how quickly this same Portland team got bounced last year by Golden State. I think it was a oh, yeah. sweep, and it's like it was, yeah. You know, it's like yes, this Portland team is special. Damian Lillard is one of the premier talents in the NBA, but like we we cannot be calling him Steph Curry quite yet. No, I I agree with you. I think he's got a because you know yeah that that fresh off that Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. appearance last year. But, yeah, they got there and then just got demolished. Yeah. So yeah. I think that uh, – I don't know. Someone needs to I, – I think that once they get through this first round, so there's going to need to be some more Dame slander for him to sort of pick himself yeah. back up again and to uh, – like because, you know, it seems like this – crazy run of like historical numbers mm-hmm. kind of came off the back of paul george right. and pat bev laughing right. at him when he missed those two free throws i feel like dame is one of those guys who like really feeds off Needs of that. the haters mm-hmm. so i think i might just start tweeting at dame like dame you suck like you <laughs> he's gonna this, say this, dame, there's no way you personal. could drop <laughs> 50 tonight there's no way you could do that there's no Man. Don, donovan mitchell dropped 57 there's no yeah, way dame could do that never uh how fun would a would a blazer clipper western conference finals be uh, un- unbelievably fun Ooh. that would be i think that because you've got i mean pat bev is like the lead he's gonna be the main guy that is defending a god but mm-hmm. i i think that in the same way that the Blazers end up being an interesting matchup for the Lakers, I think they could be a really interesting matchup for the Clippers because it's like I, I don't know entirely who the Blazers have to guard two real wing players like that because yeah, you have Melo, yeah. but then it's like I guess Gary Trent Jr. ends yeah. up playing a ton of minutes on one of those guys too. But then I don't think the Clippers necessarily have the personnel to be on Dame and CJ all the time. And it's it. Yeah, I think that that could. And I, I think, think it'd Portland be so wins, fun. wins the battle down low as well there too. I I think so. Absolutely. I think that. I mean, Harold's a good center, but Nurkic is like Nurkic Hassan. That's a that's a crazy twin towers you got down there. That's Nurkic is one of those guys who on two uh, K. If you ever play my league, he is like <laughs> an weirdly 2k just makes him an all-star like yeah. every year <laughs> and like i never really understood it but like watching him play now i'm like i guess i kind of get it yeah now. like he's, maybe Nurkic is gonna do that he's good and yeah, so, he's really solid what other games we had houston okc yesterday we were kind of yes. disappointed by that yeah it honestly it 
was a weird, especially because Russell Westbrook wasn't there. I was expecting the Thunder to take real advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And then it's funny because I thought the first like five, seven minutes of the game, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling go. the yeah. Thunder. Like this is working. They're doing a great job of defending this. Like I, I'm about it. Steven Adams isn't being played off the floor. Like he's mm-hmm. he's actually doing pretty well. But then, I mean, the Rockets hit 20 of their 52 three-point attempts, and the uh, the Thunder only hit 13. And like they, so they hit seven more threes, and that was kind of the Tough game. To That's, beat them, yeah. It's the yeah, it's the bet that the Rockets are making every night is we're gonna shoot between 50 and 60 threes a game. Which is like, can you imagine if you went back to the NBA in like 1980, like 89, and said to them like, okay, so there is going to be a team in 2020 that will shoot more threes in one game than your entire team will in a season. Yeah. Like it's. And their biggest guy is going to be six seven. Six foot seven. <laughs> I, yeah, I. Yeah. Do you think Houston can can go to the finals playing like this? I think the for Houston it. Completely, but I think James Harden looks fantastic right. right now. I think he looks pretty much unstoppable. I think that Russ will be a huge part of it if they do make it to the finals. I think that if they can get him healthy, here's the thing: I think that if they can go two up, two o up on the Thunder right now, like rest like Russ yeah. for as long as you need to. Like yeah. he, he, if you don't think that he is essential for this series, then like why? Why play him? He's such an explosive guy. Like, you don't want him to risk hurting that quad anymore mm-hmm. and turning into something, like, more serious. So I, I think the Rockets actually do have a chance to have a finals run this year, but it will just be a matter of, like, can Russ continue to dominate in the way that he has? Can Harden continue to hit shots? And it, it's weird. I think part of it is, like, Harden is – he's such an underrated passer. He he really finds open guys incredibly well. But the the Rockets have just had, like, amazing performances from people that you wouldn't expect. Like, ben Jeff McLemore, Green, yeah. Ben McLemore. Jeff. Yeah, like, it's uh, – they're taking advantage of a lot of guys who – maybe wouldn't have a place on another NBA team, for but sure. for whatever reason, they just fit into this Rockets system. Well, I say whatever reason. They can play they defense can shoot, and yeah. they can shoot threes. Actually, that's another thing. People talk a lot about, like, James Harden can't defend, the Rockets can't defend. They actually really can. When, yeah. when they want to, they actually really can mm-hmm. lock down on defense pretty well, uh, especially given the task that like pj tucker has to yeah, do take like, on the big guys yeah i've been really it, impressed yeah no it's it's been good i think that going into the series i actually thought that the thunder were gonna win but now i don't know i think that the rockets just have I mean, they have statistics on their side, I think. And I think that the Thunder are really fun to watch. And I think that in in close games with the Rockets, I, I would maybe give the Thunder the edge. Yeah. But I think if the Rockets are able to get up 10, 15 mm-hmm. by the fourth, then I think that's kind of it. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a lot easier to catch the Thunder on a bad sh- – or to catch the Rockets on a bad shooting day when the threes aren't falling – and yeah. blow them out by 30 points than it is to beat them four times playing them every other day um, because I think those guys are just too well-practiced. I think the shots will fall for them in this format. 
Yeah, I I agree. I think that it's honestly like I get so impressed watching watching Harden play, and I don't love the style mm. of con- constantly drawing fouls in the way that he he does. But I I have to respect the yeah. game and the the dedication that he puts into things because like step back threes are like very tiring to do, mm-hmm. and like the way that he just I don't know. I mean, he is exhausted by the end of games. Yeah. You see that from him. But it's just remarkable because it, it should be such a low percentage shot for so many NBA players. And just the the efficiency that he has from such ridiculous threes, it's like everything that Luca thinks that he is from the three-point line, but he actually is that. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, Luca. when I watch Luca, I can clearly see which parts of his game he adopted from, from Harden. Yeah, it's just I... Luca will get there with the three-point shooting. It's actually been, uh, as a Mavs fan, I've been delighted. Let's just quickly talk about this for yeah, a second because yeah, yeah. I, I need to voice some frustrations. Um, I was delighted. I think that Luca has to have listened to my podcast because I, I, sp- I spoke a lot about how earlier in the bubble he was shooting way too many threes and how he wasn't driving to the lane enough at the in close game situations at the end of games because, like, the the Mavs' best option for for scoring at the end of a game is not a Luca step back three. Right. As much as as cool as it looks, yeah. and when it goes in, it's awesome. But the absolute best look they have is him driving Play to the up. basket because he's a six foot seven point guard with real weight behind him. And either he finds an open three, and I trust a good amount of the guys on the Mavs mm-hmm. to knock down that shot, or he gets a foul, or he makes the layup. It. That's the best scoring option. He drove to the basket 37 times in uh, the first game against the Clippers, which was, to give you some perspective on that stat, Russell Westbrook led the league this season in drives to the basket, and he did it 20 times per game. So Luka did it 37 times against the Clippers in that first game. And I thought that he was honestly... I watched the first five minutes of that game, and I was like, wow, the Mavs are going to lose by 30 every night for four (laughs) games straight, and it's going to be the worst time of my life. (laughs) But then Luca, people were talking about it online. It's like he went through a whole off-season redemption arc in the space of the first quarter because he, like, took his lumps, got stripped, like, five times, looked like he didn't know what was going on, and then was like... Okay, cool. Let me just chill for a second. And then by the end of the first quarter, I had like 15 points, <laughs> six rebounds, and five assists. And was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm ready to play now. I think the, the Mavs actually now have... I don't think they really have a hope of winning the series, series. Because when if you're going to pull off an upset, the first game is so important. And the Mavs got completely screwed by the refs on that. I totally like, agree. Porzing, if Porzingis hadn't left that game i can't say confidently that the mavs win for sure but i can say they have a hell of a lot of a better chance because you could tell the way that it affected that team in the third quarter when porzingis was ejected like they just didn't know what to do with themselves for like five minutes they were just kind of lost out there um so that was you know and and he's such a difference maker especially against la um the size that he brings yeah, the the spacing that he offers, plus yeah. he's a really great role man, and then he mm-hmm. can obviously you have the option he can he pop shoot. out of the role too. So that's you know, it it it's it's a rough one. It's fine. I I didn't go into this playoffs thinking like, well, Mavs a part, 
Part of me thought Mavs chip, but only a little, <laughs> uh, only a little bit, only a reasonable amount, like a one percent chance. Yeah, it's a tough um, draw. It's a tough draw, and I think the uh, the the future is very bright. And I think Definitely. that I think that the Mavs could pick up some some great uh, some other pieces in yeah. the off season. Just make a few little moves here and there. Um, while obviously leaving space for 2021 when we acquire Giannis, so that's he's coming to Dem- uh, Dallas now, huh? That that's correct. Well, just think about it. He's uh, Greek, so you have the European advantage. Okay. So he fits in with Luca. I yes. actually think that I genuinely do not think there would be a better two players to put around Giannis than Luca and Porzingis. Because you don't have to have Giannis run the five; he can run the four, which means that you give. KP the five, which is actually super efficient yeah. to have him at the five, and it you don't lose spacing because Porzingis can shoot, so Giannis can just be your main guy who's dominating in the paint. He's never going to struggle with getting a pass into him with Luca on the floor. Luca's going to find him. The only issue is potentially like Luca likes to cut a lot too. Yeah. But I think that it would be fun. I think that it's probably going to happen. I think that twenty twenty one, the Mavs probably acquire Giannis and Kawhi. That's that's, pro- that's probably what's going to happen. I think that's going to be some huge cap spike. Um, they're going to acquire because Kawhi will be sick of LA by then. He's going to want to move on. So, so Dallas, they'll pick up Giannis and Kawhi. I think is because they need the defensive anchors that they don't have right now. So I think you know you throw in Giannis and Kawhi. That's a great option for them. I think Giannis goes to Golden State. There's I no think, way. There's no. I think. I th- I think after what happened with KD, I don't think there is any way in hell that Giannis goes to Golden State. I think Giannis goes to play with Steph and Clay, and There's I think Kawhi no goes to Portland. Kawhi goes to Portland. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Why Portland? CJ. I mean, I that know, would be... I just, they just seem like a, a team that fits Kawhi's just like personality. I guess. I think I can see that. I can see. You think that Dame could uh, have? Kawhi drop a verse on a song. Yeah, that would be crazy. Kawhi definitely would looks be a, like he can rap. The Kawhi Dame mixtape <laughs> that drops that year. How about oh a big God. three of Kawhi Dame and CJ though? That would. I think that's a great fit. Genuinely, like, yeah. can you? That would be phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I love. I love that fit. I think that realistically, if if Gian, I think Giannis will stay in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I, but. I think that realistically for Giannis, because it's kind of like, I think the thing is, once LeBron leaves the NBA, the NBA will need like a true new face. And I think that really right now, it's kind of a toss up between Giannis and Luka. But I think it will probably be Giannis at least to start because he will have won two MVPs by Mm -hmm. then. Um, But I I don't know, because with Giannis, it's like, do you want the face of the NBA to be in a, a small franchise for his entire career? Because you had, you know, LeBron was able to Bounce do a lot for the NBA in Cleveland, but then him moving to Miami was definitely huge for the right. NBA. I think that, I mean, I know there's rumors of Giannis to Miami. There's rumors of him to Chicago, to Golden State. I, I think don't see that, him in Chicago or Miami, really. Maybe Miami. I don't see him in Chicago. I don't see him in Chicago, given what Chicago is right now. But I think <laughs> that they could maybe say to him, like, we're a huge market. We will build a team around you. Like, I think they, they have... Because once you get a guy like Giannis in Chicago, then I think that 
that completely changes the organization. And then you're going to have a lot more stars who are going to be like, okay, cool. I'll come play in Chicago if Giannis is there, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't know if the, the front office at Chicago has the um, brain power to pull that off. Me neither. We can and hey, we can always we can always uh, hope Giannis to the Pistons twenty twenty one. Yeah, he's coming to Detroit. It's gonna, it's gonna, he's a small market guy, you know. He yeah. just he doesn't need the limelight. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah, he just love loves the Motor City. Um, he's he's heard that Lamelo Ball's coming. He yeah. he's he's got it all lined up. You can yeah, you Van can tell. Van gonna sign. We're gonna have Van Vliet. The yeah. Van Vliet oh, Lamelo Giannis big three. Oh, that's going to be unreal. I can't wait. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Van Fleet because it's been so much fun watching him yeah, because he's just he's the best. But I actually think the um if for somehow it happened earlier in the season, I think the Van Fleet would have been a great pickup for the Lakers and I think that if Definitely. I don't know, their cap space situation is pretty complicated, and they have a lot of money in the books because right. of LeBron and AD. Um, I think that if there's some way that they could sneakily pick up Freddie, I think that that would be a great Huge. piece for them. Like that gives them he he's a very solid off ball defender. Um, he is a, he can create his own shot. And he's, like, more than competent in whatever... I think he'd be more than competent in whatever system you put him in. I think that he would be a great pickup. Yeah, I definitely agree. And they need some instant offense at the guard position. And that's why I was a little surprised that they didn't sign Jamal Crawford earlier in the year. I know, um, obviously, he gets knocked for being old and for his defense. But I thought he would have fit with that kind of group of older players better. Um, They all already know each other and he's shown that he still has the offensive capabilities but i don't know man the lakers just they got a lot to figure out if they want to they want to bring that title home this year i think i think that their only hope is bold bold brawn i think yeah, that he's got to shave that hair it's going to be they'll lose in game two. if they lose in game 2 then brawn is going to shave the head and then then it's over done then it's, <laughs> Then it's done. Then we get we'll get the the full LeBron that we've been waiting for. It's funny because he had a good game like all yeah, round, but it game. it still wasn't like the full dominance. offensive dominance yeah. that I was expect. But there were moments where there were mm-hmm. flashes of it. Like there there were times where he got the ball and he got moving, and I was like, oh my god, that go. would be like being hit by a bulldozer. Yeah, like suck. I I can't. Suck. Taking a charge from LeBron has got to be imagine. up there as like one of my least one of the things I would least like to do <laughs> yeah. in terms of sports. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think he passed the ball a little too much. I think yeah. there were a few like almost wide open layup looks that he would kick out to KCP, yeah. the brick man. I don't oh know. yeah, it that I I can't remember what game it was in yesterday. I can't remember if it was in. It wasn't the Lakers Trailblazers game. There was um, three side of the backboard yeah. back to back shots. to back back to back to back. That was that was that something was tough to watch. That Kuzma it was, Trent. Yeah, then, Kuzma Trent. I, I think it was Trent was. again. I think yeah, I think Trent bad. hit it twice. And uh, the the final game that we had yesterday um, that we haven't spoken about oh, yeah, yet right. is Heat Heat Pacers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is looking like it's going to be a really fun on, series. On series, yeah. Um, 
Duncan only had six points, but did not play very well. Not not the best game, but also Duncan is like actually he's kind of developing at this point into a guy where I'm like, which is something I never thought would happen in the NBA with Duncan Robinson. Well, like I'm surprised every time he misses. Yeah, now. I totally agree. It's like and the way that he comes like flying off of screens with the yeah. ball and pulling so up. It's fast. like he has the total green light mm-hmm. on any three any look yeah and i think that it it could be a real difference maker for how far they're gonna get in the playoffs at this point it's like yeah i really like miami um i think jimmy butler doesn't get enough love in fact i I agree too much hate and i think he showed it again i i um obviously tj warren turned into one of of pretty crazy storylines the bubble Mm -hmm. um but i think miami is gonna win this series pretty easily and we've seen teams kind of figure out how to guard Duncan. I think Toronto did it pretty well, too, and Indiana did it yesterday where they just don't really let him breathe a lot. But yeah. even when he's not getting those shots to fall, um, he moves around the court so well, and he like it means a defender has to be on his hip at all times, which is super oh. huge for opening up the floor for the rest of the guys. And Bam yeah. Adebayo is uh, legit. That dude's really good. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think that Duncan essentially can make it a game of four-on-four four mm-hmm. because his man actually has to spend the entire yeah. game just man-marking him, following yeah. him everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I agree. Bam is very legit. Uh, he's, he's so good. He's got skills. I, he does. I fully agree with you about Jimmy. He's one of my favorites to watch. I think that... It, it, the way that he's leading this team as not only a shot maker but a facilitator too, the mm-hmm. way that he gets into the paint, sort of gets his two yeah. feet in there and then passes out from there. Huge. The uh, Miami, I would say, has one of the best ball movements in the league behind only maybe Toronto. Toronto I think yeah. Toronto's ball movement. The Celtics at times have crazy ball movement too but i think miami is probably number two for me in terms of how well they move the ball um yeah i I thought the the paces did a decent job uh it would really help them if sabonis wasn't injured that would be and then i swear to god they're gonna have to start rolling oladipo up in cotton wool before they put (laughs) him out before they put him out on the court because that boy he has so much bad luck he got like it's finally he's like worked his way back to healthy and then he gets scratched in the eye and is out for the rest of the game it looked painful but it's also just like i this guy can't catch a break it's like (laughs) yeah where some got i genuinely feel like they need to put him out in like football pads like to try and stop him (laughs) from getting injured out here like it's (laughs) i have a lot of questions about miles turner who was a guy that i used to like really like and now i'm pretty confused by because even the announcers have said um He's a he's a seven foot guy that doesn't really have a post up game, and that just yeah. blows my mind a little bit. How you can be, and it's not like he's like a lanky seven feet. He's like a stocky built seven feet. He's like he's, a stocky built seven feet with with a three point shot, yeah, he but shoots not a lot. But not with like a Porzingis three point yeah, shot. I agree. Yeah. Um. So it's he's a little confusing to me. I I think I would like to see him. Um throw that body around in the paint a little more especially if you want to contend with miami um but the bench off indiana surprised me sumner um jakar samson these guys that i've never heard of all of a sudden just going crazy like i think indiana's a solid team that's a fun series 
Yeah, Indiana is one of those teams where I feel like they're just going to be consistently relevant for mm-hmm. a good few years, and I yeah. don't, I don't think it's ever going to become more than like you don't think this, they'll be a contender. No, maybe maybe they'll be a year where they make like a fluky Eastern Conference Finals, but I don't think it will be like a wow, Indiana is the team to watch this year because they just don't have the the market to get big names, yeah. and then. They have like a really fun team with like I really like Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, and I think when Depot and Sabonis are at a hundred percent, like that, like if if Depot and Sabonis were here at a hundred percent, I I could see Indiana taking the East as easy as anybody else. Obviously, that's not the case, but mm-hmm. I mean, as far as Miami goes, I think Dragic shoots the ball like a little too much. Mm-hmm. I understand that's kind of like an essential part of their offense, but I just feel like I watched Goran Dragic take too many shots. And the last yeah. thing I want to say about them is that I could watch Derek Jones Jr. jump all day. Even though oh, yeah. he's not dunking, I just never seen anybody jump that high in my life. It, it's ludicrous. It's like he <laughs> could – I don't even know. It just like – it looks like he's – it looks like I he's not gonna ever come down. Come down. Jumps. Yeah, it's <laughs> it like, like he's just it's like keep going up. If he just carried on elevating and kind of yeah. went through the roof of the building, yeah, I'd be like, like yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, I love watching him. Yeah, I fully agree with that. And the last thing I kind of want to get your uh, your take on, we'll just talk a little bit about the games that we have coming up. So right now, as we're recording this, uh, the Jazz are up fifty six forty eight on mm-hmm. the on the Nuggets. Um, surprising. Um, yeah. I'm not. I think that the Jazz are putting up one hell of a fight in, in this series, which is Definitely not something agree. I was necessarily expecting, given the, especially without Mike Conley, who has now returned to the bubble uh, after mm. the birth of his child, which, like, props to him for Good getting on, that yeah. done quickly. Literally yeah. got out, I guess, <laughs> saw the kids shoot out and then got right back on the plane. Let's like, see your wife. Yeah, like, I... <sighs> I don't know. If I were you, dude, I think you could have won a few more, few a few more, more points days. for uh, with, with the wife if you had stayed there a couple more days. Maybe maybe helped with the first feeds and like yeah, uh, all, I tell you what, all the rest of that series. If he loses yeah. the series and goes back home yeah. in, in a few days, ooh. oh, that is gonna be that is gonna be rough. <laughs> but it, it's just funny because like without him, the Jazz really their only two offensive options are like Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and I know, dude. <laughs> That that's what's weird is like when your second like best scorer is Jordan Clarkson, there is a problem, and yeah. and then after that it's probably Joe Ingles, which is mm-hmm. not a great third option at all. No, but and then I, like I like Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles, but when when you're relying on them to get like eighteen twenty points in a game, like that's just not a good game plan. Oh, I I fully agree. I think the Jazz need to trade Rudy Gobert personally. I think that they need to go all in on donovan mitchell because he is clearly the future of that franchise i don't really know what you can get for rudy because there aren't that many teams that like with the style of center that he is because he's like basically a pure defensive player he's not all he really gives you on offense is boards and he will finish alley-oops yeah like I, i wouldn't be shocked if you saw a team like golden state try and make a move for him someone that has everything someone that's not looking for any more offensive production but mm. is sorely lacking in rim protection because that's you know that's what Rudy yeah. Bear brings you yeah for sure I think I think that would be my priority for the Jazz is get more scoring around Mitchell he needs like, some more offense 
Because he's a killer. He he yeah, when he gets going, like I mean, he we saw a historic performance, fifty-seven. Oof. Like that's Oof. unbelievable. And that last seeding game against Denver, or second to last, uh, he was making some insane shots. Uh, yeah, he's so special. And the only reason they didn't end up winning this first game was because Jamal Murray was kind of able to match him. Yeah, uh, like Jamal Murray also when he has it Look turned on. Yeesh. Cannot be Forget stopped, really. It, yeah. But it's weird to me that the Nuggets aren't having an easier time with this series because at least on the offensive side of the ball, they have so much talent. I agree. Like, Jokic and Murray, and then Porter Jr. has shown that he is incredibly capable on the offensive end of the floor. And, like, yep. you'd think that there's definite promise on the defensive end. He's 6'10". Like, he's he has real potential to be a good defensive guy. But... Like need if more. you need more, but if you like, I I don't know how this Nuggets team aren't kind of. I definitely saw them having not this much trouble uh, with Utah. Yeah, I think Jokic. And we've talked about this. I think Jokic is one of the better players in the NBA. Yep. So I don't know, man. It's it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun series. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we also have uh, today. Um, I just want to talk about it because I uh, want to get your take on uh, Celtic Sixes. So Gordon Hayward gets an ankle sprain. He's out for the next four weeks, potentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's also planning on leaving the bubble anyway because his child is meant to be born in September. So there's potential that Gordon Hayward could be out for a month, month and a half for the Celtics. And my question for you really is the for the Sixers, um, how how can the Sixers take advantage of this? Because really the Celtics, in my mind, were a team that were only really seven deep. Right. You had Gordon Hayward was playing 32 minutes a game. Oof. So who do those minutes go to, really? Right. Well, I mean, first off, we're not – this isn't – there's one thing that's been glaringly obvious to me is that this is not Utah Jazz Gordon Hayward that we're seeing anymore. Oh, uh-uh. And it really sucks because I think uh, if he didn't get that gruesome injury and in that game one a couple years ago, like, I think he could have been that guy in Boston, and I think that would have made this Boston team, like, a lot scarier. But him going out really makes this, this Celtics Sixer series a lot tighter. And um, it's already pretty tight. I didn't think it was going to be that close of a game. Yeah. Um, but we saw Joel do what he needs to do to to make it close. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm Brett Brown, I'm definitely happy that not happy to see a guy get injured. But I'm like, oh man, Hayward out. It's this, a sigh of, sigh of relief. Yeah, dude. That, that just opens the door for you. You don't like you're not spread as thin on defense. Um, I don't know if, if I'm if I'm Brad Stevens, where am I where am I putting those Hayward minutes? Um, Carson Edwards. Yeah, is is I guess Romeo Langford is he in the yeah, bubble? I, yeah, he is in the bubble. Oh, you know who I'm playing more is is Robbie Williams. I was super impressed oh, by him. Yeah, last he had game. T- he had some really great minutes actually. He played super hard. He was uh, running the hardest on the floor every time. He was a beast on the board. So I'm playing him more. I'm putting Taco Fall in. <laughs> I'm why why Taco not? On just, Joel. On, but the thing is that you actually could just put Taco out there and literally just say foul Joel six yeah. times. Yeah, like 
just like quarter? Yeah. knock into Joel, like make him uncomfortable. Like we don't really care if he gets to the line. He's not a yeah. great free throw shooter. And it's like, if he's going to bully everyone else, we may as well just have someone he's foul him a bunch. Yeah. So um, I think- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I all I was going to say to that, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's the Sixers without Ben Simmons. It's like <laughs> I thought that somehow it was going to help the team maybe run a little better without ha- – On offense, yeah. Be- because we've seen that Simmons and Embiid don't, just don't fit all that well together. Mm-hmm. But I was curious. I was, I was watching the um, – because on Twitter they live stream all of the coaches' interviews afterwards and stuff – and Brett Brown was asked if he had sort of any plan to play um, four out. So rather than having Horford and Embiid both sort of in the paint, just putting Embiid out there and then just having uh, a group of guards and smaller forwards around the perimeter. And Brett Brown said that he has no plans to do that, which I thought was sounds like a man who's trying to get fired almost because, <laughs> like, it's it's like your his, his voice, um, his his thinking was that uh so he previously was an assistant for the spurs and he said well like we didn't do that with with tim duncan and it's like but the nba for one has changed since when tim duncan was really the the dominant force in the paint that he was and it's just i like i'm glad that worked for tim duncan but joel also isn't tim duncan yet yeah like and does he have the potential to be like a prolific scorer like an unstoppable force yeah yeah and we've seen that but i think that with the way that the sixes play it's just like no one can even get the ball to joel yeah. it's like the amount of turnovers that team had it's yeah. just it's it's weird because like joel did have a decent game like by himself statistically but it was just like you somehow need even more yeah. from him like it I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited, though, Hunter, because I can tell you that I've actually secured a virtual ticket for the Celtic Sixers no game that is happening on Friday. So You're not today's game. Hashtag ultra courtside. Game three. Oh, I'm going to be hashtag ultra courtside. I'll so be sure to tune in. you got to be sure to tune in. I'm going to be there on the TV. <laughs> I think technically I'm a Philly fan for the game. Interesting. So go Sixers. Trust the process. Um, yeah, I, I, I found um, – so you can do the ultra courtside thing, but I found this website where you can actually just register for a bunch of the games and, like, they just give out the tickets too. Um, so I've just registered for, like, every game available to Hell me. Because yeah. I'm, I'm – really uh, the tickets that I want is I want to be virtual courtside for Mavs, Mavs Clippers. Yeah. But also, like, I'm, I'll take anything else. Yeah. Like – just because I'm so <laughs> so curious as to what this yeah. is gonna be like, but for real, tap to cheer and be tapping to cheer tap, all, all night. Yeah, tapping the cheer. <laughs> it's gonna be. I'm gonna be. See, the thing is, what I've noticed from the ultra court side is a lot of the fans, they do kind of just like sit there and watch as, as if they were at home. I'm gonna be going crazy. Yeah, I'm like, I don't to. even, I don't even care about because I, I figure the crazier that I get, the more likely I am to, to be, be on, on TV on for longer. Television. Yeah. So I'm gonna agree. be gonna be going nuts i'm gonna be fresh off my interview with ben golliver (laughs) at that point so it's gonna be a big big day that's actually i haven't said that on the podcast yet guys look look forward to friday washington post ben golliver gonna be on the podcast we're going up in the world here so tell that he's not even gonna be close to being best guest
Okay, I will. I will. <laughs> I'll play him that sound. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him that exactly. Uh, yeah, the incredibly uh, talented writer that he is, and uh, he's covered the the Blazers for a number of years, and then worked for Sports Illustrated. Now writes for the Washington Post, but he has nothing on Wolverine Sports' own Hunter no Davidson. Way. How many downloads has this episode had? None so far. It doesn't even exist. So <laughs> well, the only only place to go is up. Exactly. He doesn't have anything on you, my friend. Nothing yeah. at all. Well, thank you for for hopping on the pod oh, with me. Thank it's been, you, man. You no, know, no, you've done me a, a real service by giving me someone to speak to. It's uh, there's only so many times in a week that I can I can you know talk to yourself spread the good word to (laughs) my audience just just me so i really appreciate it always fun man i'm hoping i can come back on maybe one or two more times before uh before we crown a champion here yeah absolutely any any time at all it's always a pleasure thank you okay so without further ado we're gonna wrap up this episode thank you again to hunter for being here and i will be back as always tomorrow this has been don't bust my bubble. Bye-bye.